Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. They're going to be joined by the 2011 US Open champion, 2010 French Open finalist. The resume goes on and on. We'll uh, get into that a little bit later on with Sam Stozer. So it's going to be magnificent to have Sam alongside me to call all the action, someone that knows Ash Barty extremely well. But one uh, one name that I walk past every day to get down to our little bunker here is Chris O'Neill, 1978 Australian Open champion. It's quite an extraordinary story of how she actually did it. She's come down from uh, Port Macquarie and we're lucky enough for her to join us right here in the box. Chris, uh, welcome to you. I've got to say, how good is this view? Amazing. Thank you, Brett, for having me here and um, to everyone for having me here. Uh, this is, yeah, incredible. Uh, um, just so close to the players and obviously different perspective on, on speed, on all of it. It's great. Now, when we come down to this bunker, I've been coming down to this bunker for about uh, 10 years and, of course, uh, we walk up into the corridor, all the Australian Open champions of the past, and you happen to be right at the door. So I've been walking past you for about a decade, <laughs> so it's actually lovely to meet you in person. Yes, you do. <laughs> Port Macquarie's home? Port Macquarie's home. I've been up there for about seven years. Um, it was a lifestyle change to, to, to go there and um, sort of semi-retire. I want to go back. I mean, 1978. I mean, you are a trivia question uh, that everyone uh, loves to answer and, and some, you know, have sort of short memories and they go, oh, 1978, who, who did win back then? And then you go back through the records, Chris O'Neill. Um, I imagine you would love to be able to, you know, hand the baton on at some point. It's a nice thing to have, absolutely, and that'll be never taken away. But to hand the baton over to someone like an Ash Barty, would be, I imagine, a great feeling, just the way she carries herself. My understanding is you haven't met Ash, is that correct? No, I haven't met her yet. I'd, I'd love to and hope hope to do so. Um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm just really excited that we have an Aussie with, with such a great shot at, you know, breaking this drought. Mm. Um, and, you know, particularly with, with somebody like Ash, who is a fantastic tennis player and and also, you know, seemingly a wonderful person. So um, yep. as much as I've enjoyed it and the fun I've had with it, it um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm ready. 1978, Kuyong. Chris, I go to Kuyong quite a bit. I only live about five minutes uh, down the road and I'm lucky to have a membership at Kuyong. MC quite a few functions, go to uh, lunch there, but I never went to the Australian Open at uh, Kuyong. But take me back to 19... 78. You became the first unseated woman to win the AO in the open era. And then, of course, Serena did it, uh, ranked, what, 81 in the world back in uh, uh, 2007. But take us back for those that weren't around then and, and the 1978 Australian Open and how it all unfolded for you. Well, it's completely different to today. Is there's not anything that's similar, really? Um, as you just said, you know, different court surface grass, which 
suited my game. I'm pretty, I was pretty much a serve volleyer. And, um, yeah, so, look, it was, it was unexpected for me. As you said, I was unseated. And um, I had worked really hard in preparation. I'd come back early that year and spent a lot of time working hard in preparation. And um, I guess as the tournament went on, you know, I wasn't as surprised as in the beginning because um, I was feeling more confident. Yep. Um, very, very proud of it and um, and actually really um, fortunate to have hung on to it for this long. So you beat Betsy Nagelson on the day. Can you just can you close your eyes and take back Centre Court, Kuyong on that day, just the atmosphere when you walked out, uh, just the, the whole environment. What was it like? Well, it was the first time that I'd played in a major, major final. So, um, in, indeed, it was um, it, yeah, it was pretty breathtaking. But um, I managed to um, managed to get through it correctly. <laughs> so, yes, it was. Um, as I said, I wasn't in a major, major final before, so it was brand new. How much did it change your life being a, a Grand Slam champion? Um, it. Enabled me to, because we didn't earn a lot of money then. Mm. It, it enabled me to continue to travel and to to continue to compete. And um, yeah, yes, it, it, it and it did it, it give me a little bit of confidence. Um, yeah, but look, apart from that, my life didn't change greatly. And uh, so, post playing, just take us through your involvement in tennis. Obviously, there's some you know, coaching that you did along the way. So tennis, you know, we call it the sport for life, Chris. So it tends to stay in the DNA, whether you go from player to coach or player, some go into commentary or some find a role in tennis because they just yeah. they love the sport that much. Yeah. Well, I've, um, it's now a hobby for me. I teach very little now, but I have, um, you know, been in coaching for many years, probably 35 years. I love to teach. I love, I love the fact that we were in a different game style and, and different everything, different racket technology, different, uh, you know, less top spin. And so that was my game that I learnt. But then I relearned how to teach the, the new game. Um, and I love technique. I love um, pulling things to pieces and, and working on and working on how to make change. And, you know, I've met some yeah, particularly great kids over the years where um, you know they, they haven't certainly become professionals but they've learnt some fabulous life lessons mm. and are really you know solid human beings now which makes me very proud. Yeah there's more to um, you know just the, the sporting results isn't it what just what sport can do for you uh, being in that environment so you talk about technique I imagine you love like all of us just watching Ash Barty play it's a bit of a throwback uh, to tennis in in your Era, just um, when you sit, when you're courtside sitting, Ash, just take me through your own thoughts of her game. Well, her variety, abs absolutely. Um, I hear that she's learnt her slice backhand from her first coach at a very young age, which you know she's now using unbelievably offensively and you know dismantling players' games. Um, but so it is the variety. She would seem that she's done a lot of hard work on a serve because the serve is faster and the placement is better. And then she follows it up with her big forehand. But it all culminates with her attitude and to put it all together, to bring it all together. And I think that's what she does so well. She looks, 
she looks calm, she looks confident, mm. uh, she looks happy. Yep. So, look, I'm really hoping that, you know, that will be the same tonight. I imagine, uh, like all of us, Chris, you would, you would love her humility to her uh, sense of perspective. I mean, no one will ever know what anyone's feeling on the inside, but from the outside, she looks like she's just in a really, really good space. I mean, she comes out here tonight and some some would phrase it as you know with a weight of expectation on her shoulders but you'd never know it with ash she seems to have great perspective on all of that it doesn't seem to be weighing on her the, the sense of occasion no well as you said you, you never really know what's going on inside but i think that with her um with her team um you know i think she does a lot of work on that too to um give herself the ability to to use her skills um, yeah, so look, yeah, and for a young person, I mean, she's only 25 years old, mm. but very mature and be- very smart, obviously. The juniors were out here earlier. You won the AO Juniors in uh, 1973. What are your recollections of that? Because often those who win the juniors do go on to have an impact in the pros. Yeah, well, I think there's only a few players who've actually done that. Um, yes, I beat my best mate in the final of the juniors, uh, a girl at that stage called Jenny Walker. Yep. Um, yeah, I remember that pretty vividly on um, court two at um, outside, on court two at Kuyong. Uh, but again, different, just completely different, um, different era mm. altogether. Mm. It's evolved a lot, hasn't it? I mean, you know, Billie Jean King and, and the and the you know the the ladies around her at the time who got the WTA tour underway to now create all these opportunities and the earning possibilities uh, for so many down the ecosystem. It's uh, it's it's evolved into a, a truly. Uh, professional game absolutely i mean billy jenking was the pioneer for all of that and um then it's just progressed into as it's expanded in terms of um people play countries playing the number of players that play in countries and the depth of field throughout so the great the game's grown enormously and obviously prize money's grown so it you know it brings people into the sport but yeah look pretty tough to um pretty tough to get out there and make a living out of it today it is isn't it yeah did you love though the one-on-one sort of gladiatorial nature of tennis as opposed to team sports did you play a combination of sports and then choose tennis was tennis always the sport for you because you love that sort of one-on-one battle where it was you just you out there and having to try and survive and, and problem solve and win not so much that I, I actually had quite a lot of success as a junior and um, my dad loved it and you know so that's how it started um, just in terms of being a singular sport though I, I actually probably had better results with doubles mm. um, so look I, I think I'd say I enjoyed doubles more it's good to get a bit of help out there <laughs> that's right that's a good point because yeah. we've seen the doubles put into a bigger spotlight at this year's Australian Open so Kyrgios and Kokonakis have, have um, yeah, certainly altered uh, just the scheduling of the, the doubles draw and I mean for, for mine Chris I would love to see the doubles become more prominent at the majors and around the world I often think it's sort of the afterthought you know we're putting mm. it after the singles all the time whereas most people recreationally play Ab- doubles absolutely. absolutely I think it's a fantastic game there's a, obviously a lot of finesse involved um, yeah, and, and even mixed doubles. Mixed doubles, you know, presents another set of dynamics that I think are interesting. Did you enjoy that back in the day when, I suppose, your era allowed you to play all three? I mean, the, the physicality sort of 40 years on it, particularly for the men, it seems like it's so much harder now to be able to play 
singles, doubles, even entertained playing mix. I mean, no one really does it these days. No, no. I, and that's why I think there's become double specialists, pe- people who just play and, and, you know, make a living out of doubles. And then, you know, certainly the top players, because of that physicality, they're not able to. Not if they're concentrating on their singles. We're lucky enough to be joined by uh, Chris O'Neill tonight, ahead of the women's uh, final. Of course, the winner, the last Australian winner, male or female, back in uh, 1978, of course, at uh, the famous Kuyong Lawn uh, Tennis Club, which is still the spiritual home of Australian tennis, still a very special place. When was the last time you got to uh, to Kuyong? Do you? Have a venture there when you sort of yeah, get down to Melbourne? Probably about 10 years ago. Um, they actually gave me a membership. It's a beautiful club, so you've got, you're in the right place there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was probably about 10, 10 to 12 years ago. Yeah. Okay, you'll have to come back because they've just done a massive Absolutely. redevelopment. Oh, Chris, really? So Another yeah, one? It, yeah, exactly. Well, they're putting more car parking because they've got that many members. Wow. They need to be able to fit in. Um, and everyone wants to play at the same time. So, yeah. yeah, it's an incredible, incredible facility. Yeah. So when you look at this final uh, tonight, I don't know how much you've watched of, of Danielle Collins. I mean, there's sort of very contrasting styles out there uh, tonight. What do you think? I'm hoping that um, Ash will be able to do the same. Obviously, Daniel Collins is a big hitter of the ball, flat, and but what um, Ash has been able to do is diffuse that power and with, you know, tactically with a slice backhand. So I think if she can do that again, I think it's a very hard game to play against because a lot of these players don't play like that. So, you know, they get out onto the court and they've got not only the number one player in the world who's confident, but they've got a game style that they're confronting that's completely different to the one that, you know, they've played up until the final. So, um, look, again, I'm hoping, I think, you know, I'm thinking that that, my money's on her, on Ash. You feel like she can find a way. She problem, yeah, problem solves so well and go to plan B, C absolutely. and D. Absolutely. Can I ask you, when you were playing, what was the what was your favourite shot that you'd love to play? Because everyone's got a shot that would just feel probably, be- better off the strings than any other shot. Yeah, probably volley. I was a serve volley player. Yep. Um, you know, I was obviously tall as a junior, so I was pushed into the net. But also we played on faster court, lower bouncing court mm. surfaces. So, yeah, probably my volley was, was the more dangerous weapon. <laughs> I think uh, we, we love seeing that style of tennis. We saw it on the men's side, uh, Big yeah. Maxine Cressy, uh, just yes. coming in all the time, Sam Groth, yeah. in the latter part of his career. More of that, place. Yeah, it's unusual, isn't it? Well, it's just good to have variety. Mm. Yeah. So what? Uh, so you're going to leave us uh, now? It's the pre-match. I mean, do you feel any sort of nerves uh, tonight? Just the sense of occasion, or are you just going to sit back and relax and enjoy? I get to carry. I'm doing the pre-match. I get to um, <clears throat> pick up the trophy again and perhaps have it in my hands for for one last time and carry it out on the court and uh, be in that environment. So I'm very much looking forward to that and and to obviously watching Ash. Well, we hopefully can add Ash Barty's name to uh, the Daphne Akers Trophy uh, tonight. Chris, really appreciate you coming in. Congratulations again. 1978. I was only four years of age <laughs> at the time, so... Go away. I don't know uh, <laughs> I don't know how much I took in. Maybe Mum and Dad had it on at home, but yeah. I have gone back and watched some uh, footage, and yeah. it's great to go to memory lane with you. OK, thank you. Thank you, Chris. What an absolute treat to have uh, Chris O'Neill uh, here in the bunker. She's going to be front and square in about... An hour's time, uh, lifting the Daphne Akers trophy, putting it into the middle of uh, Rod Laver Arena. So.
G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.